0: Coming up on podcast 1643, General Motors appear to confirm their plans to re-enter Europe as a startup with a new boss. Stick around and I'll tell you more. Also on the podcast today, Norwegian and Swedish EV sales. Plug-in sales are back up. We talk about the EVs powered by all solid-state batteries and how far away they might be, and why Tesla is giving the Californian DMV a demo of their full self-driving. Those stories and much more coming up on the podcast today. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, a trusted source of EV information for Thursday, the 3rd of November. My name is Martin Lee, and I've been through every EV story, so you don't have to. The podcast this month is sponsored by AndCharge, and this week they have a high-level reward on Ionity charges, meaning you answer five quick questions about the charge location you're at next time you're charging on Ionity. You get some rewards on that. You can exchange those for things like credits to spend at Amazon or even charging vouchers with Octopus Electric Universe, sponsor of this show. Uh, if there's a challenge that you do at an Ionity station, even if it is working perfectly and you're just updating the pictures, the condition around it, etc., etc., uh, they would love to hear from you. by down the new and charge app from your app store. All right, let's get into the podcast today, and we'll start with our headline story, and that is General Motors appearing to confirm their re-entry into the European market with more details. Of course, they left it when they sold. Opel Vauxhall to Stellantis, what, four or five years ago? Earlier this year, the CEO, Mary Barra, confirmed they would return to the European market, but we weren't quite sure what form it would take. Well, hopefully, I think we know a little bit more now. A report in Electrive says that Jacqueline McQuaid is going to be the new MD of General Motors in Europe as a startup business. She will lead the implementation of GM's new mobility business in Europe. So that sounds to me like very much a start-from-scratch business that's great no legacy things to worry about uh that means they can do things like subscriptions or commercial obviously they've got the bright drop vans they might want here as well they have plenty of brands they could bring back a european lyric would be very interesting what if they'd re-engineer that slightly for tweak for european roads a celestic for those that want to uh, ponder their way around the french riviera in a three hundred pound celestic or any of the trucks? Now, we don't have truck culture so much over here, but they might want to put them on sale. Probably not. Uh, the bolts? Well, no, that's going. Interesting to think about, though, isn't it? Uh, she was the executive chief engineer for full-size trucks, responsible for continuing the transformation of the European operations into what the press release says is a nimble, non-traditional mobility startup with an all-electric portfolio. So that sounds... Really interesting for GM to come back to the European market. Great that we get a bunch of cars that we hopefully, maybe even trucks, that we don't have access to at the moment. It says that GM has grown its uh, teams, a European design team here in the UK, and they're growing their IT hub in Ireland as well. I'll pop a link to that story at the uh, the press centre at CadillacEurope.com if you would like to read more. Now, let's talk a little about a little bit about EV sales in Norway and Sweden. We'll start with Norway. EV sales are back up from September after a disappointing month in October. Uh, There were almost 10,000 EVs registered. That is a 77.5 share of pure electric vehicles, the number one selling car, was the VW Four. by the way. Teslas were pretty much nowhere because of the waves in which the vehicles arrive, still mostly from China at the moment. They are coming out of Berlin, but still, the minute that factory ramps up and we can Spread that out; it makes Tesla look worse at the beginning of the month than they they really are. And they managed to dominate the last month just because of the way that it's delivered. And that Elon Musk spoke on the Q three call about getting away from that. When you look at year on year, though, really interesting in Norway. If I if I compare the stats, this time last year it was seventy percent. I've just told you it was seventy seven point five, and then two years ago sixty percent. So probably diminishing returns there, as people still will always need, I don't know, like a diesel or petrol vehicle for a niche reason. But still, that is a very impressive add in uh, the fact that plug-in hybrids and non-plug-in hybrids are decreasing. Norway really is a place for full electric vehicles. I've only been once to Norway, and, and it is kind of weird when you're walking around and all well, the cars driving around. There's a lot of electric cars all making slightly different electric car noises. But it's noticeable. In Sweden, go to their neighbor, uh, plug in EV share at 59.4%. Hey, we're all friends. Let's call it 60% in Sweden. The number one car there is the Volvo XC40. You will be shocked to hear. They like their Volvos in Sweden. According to Clean Technica, uh, the best-selling vehicle was followed by the ID4 with the refresh Kia Nero in third place. The combined share was the second highest on record in October following December 2021. Bodes well, says Clean Technica, for uh, an all-time EV record this year in Sweden. That's very interesting. All right, moving on. And whenever I go up to London, I see loads of these Alexander Dennis Enviro... Uh, buses the 400 buses now they're unveiling a new one which is bigger better and a smaller bus for urban routes even country roads as well Uh, these buses are being delivered in 2023 uh, to customers carrying 96 passengers 260 miles of range is i mean that's really decent isn't it how far do you need to go in an inner city bus route i imagine not 260 miles a day and there's a smaller bus they're launching as well for 45 passengers battery pack is uh, a high density they say prismatic cell that they use in those nmc chemistry inside those batteries and they do that for they say cold weather performance which is interesting rather than lfp packs it's a 472 kilowatt hour pack which is That's pretty chunky. Now, moving on. The UK's second energy super hub is being developed in Coventry. The first one open in Oxford already. I love stopping there if I'm passing to charge up because they have a bunch of Fastned chargers. They have a bunch of Tesla superchargers. In fact, they've got 20 charge points from 50 up to 150, and they've got 30 more 7-kilowatt posts as well. The second project is going to be not a million miles away from Oxford. It's going to be in the Midlands in Coventry. It's a 50-megawatt or 100-megawatt-hour battery energy storage to support the grid. It can take over and power 100,000 homes in the event of a power cut. Keep, keep them on for two hours, for instance. And more importantly, it's there to support the grid, all part of Pivot Power and EDFs, the uh, the French... Electricity or energy company uh, EDF here in the UK. They're going. to they, they plan at least to deliver two gigawatts of they say uh, transmission connected battery storage here in the UK, which is a decent amount, decent chunky, isn't it? And more evidence there that batteries, EVs, it's all part of our connected electric future. Brilliant. Now, another trial with vehicle to grid has finished and the data is out. Indra, really, really interesting UK company. I just wish that things were moving faster with this and we weren't talking about trials in 2022. It seems five years ago we should be talking about this. And we were, in fairness. But again, how much more proof do, do we need? The trial involved hospitals in Manchester and their vehicle to grid connected. They would be Nissan Leafs because they're Chattomo plugs on the Indra units that I've seen. Although Indra are doing a CCS V2G or V2H, I think, trial. I want to say with Norton Motorcycles, i looked look that up. And in the afternoons between 5 and 7, the fleet vehicles, which were no longer being used by the hospitals, they were then parked up for the, for the night, were dumping electricity back into the grid and then recharging overnight when it's cheaper. They say they saved the, the, the hospital foundation 5 pence per kilowatt hour on their bills. That doesn't seem much. Like, my overnight electricity is 5.5p on Octopus Go Faster and daytime's... What's now, like 40, 50p? If I had a a new deal, it's capped, isn't it? Yeah, I need to to factor that in. But it's a big, big offset. So I would expect that possibly to be more, depending on your electricity deal. Now, EVs powered by solid-state batteries are at least 10 years away. So says a company that is, well, competing sort of, with solid-state batteries. So you wouldn't be surprised to hear what they're saying. But it is interesting because when someone like this talks about it, we have to listen because so often you see it in the newspapers or people who are not as informed about this say, well, the future the future is uh, you, you know nuclear fusion and hydrogen and solid-state batteries because I read it in the newspaper once. And this person from Storedot, who is Dr. Doran Meisdorf, he's the CEO, I've listened to countless interviews and watched tons of stuff on YouTube um, with him so, so intelligent in terms of these areas. And yeah, his company at Storedot is arguably making, you could say, a comp- competing product. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, it's it's semi-solid-state. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but he says it's crucial that battery developers like Storedot give global automotive manufacturers the realistic and hype-free roadmap for extreme fast-charging battery technologies. Right now, bullish claims by our rivals that solid-state batteries are near near term, are 10 years away. There's no silver bullet for any vehicle maker develop, developing fast-charging EVs. Uh, they've currently got their cells with the OEMs for real-world testing before they go into customer cars. They are the Storedot cells. Their roadmap to begin with is what they call 105, which is 100 miles of range in five minutes of charging, and then it comes down as they develop. So he is saying car companies that wheel out this stuff of, well, it's, you know, we're on the cusp of it, aren't necessarily necessarily telling the whole story. Well, Honda, also in the news today. Honda say that by the end of this decade, in seven years, they'll have solid-state EVs. So both of those statements can't be true. One of them is going to be right, and one of them is going to be wrong. A really interesting article in Ars Technica. You want to go and have a look at this in the interview they did with Ars Technica. They said that in the spring of 2024, Honda will start a pilot line. If we can be successful, we'll launch a vehicle with solid-state batteries in the latter part of the 2020s, in 2028 or 2029, says Honda's global leader of electrification, talking to Ars Technica during a roundtable interview in Tokyo. It'll be two to three years before Honda lays out its solid-state business plan. Once the technology is ready to go, we'll be happy to sell it to anyone, they say. Uh, And why Is it not ready now? The problem Honda are having, they say, is dendrites are forming. uh, They're like tiny little kind of crystal spikes, if you like, on the anodes. And as they grow, they can, uh, over time, kind of bore through the electrolyte and cause a short circuit during charging and even operation. And that reduces the battery's lifespan. It It can be dangerous as well. Honda said they have a solution, and that is to sandwich a solid electrolyte with a polymer fabric but hey they're going to launch a vehicle in 2028 2029 store. say it's at least 10 years away uh well we'll wait and see Let's keep an open mind. Now, Volvo cars, their EV sales were up in October. That's great news. Uh, These are the global figures they announced. Their recharge models were almost 40% uh, of the cars they sold. Now, not all of those are pure electric. If you look at the European numbers, though, which were pretty much flat in October on the month, the sales of the recharge cars were 65% of all the Volvos sold. I haven't got a pure electric breakout of that, but clearly... The recharge models here in Europe, very, very popular. More than half. Way more than half. Almost two-thirds of the Volvos sold have a plug socket on the side, which is brilliant. Right, coming up on the podcast very soon. Leave us turned on. Lots more to come. We're going to discuss Tesla giving a full self-driving demo to the California DMV. Why Tesla are closing their original, the OG store in China, and the award that Volkswagen have won with the ID4. Those stories and more coming up. Stick around. All right, now let's talk about the Mercedes-Benz EQS. That's the SUV version landing in November, says Auto Car magazine, at a price of 130,000 pounds. Wow. Yep, we're not short of expensive EVs, are we, to buy. Uh, the report in Auto Car says that the SUV version of the EQS, the luxury flagship, goes on sale this month for 130k. And it has the same battery as the saloon version of the EQS in the floor plan of the vehicle. It's their first Mercedes EV to have an off-road mode as well. By no means is this an off-roader. But I guess if you're doing, I don't know, in a field that's a bit muddy, it's got an off-road mode, uh, in a departure... From the saloon versions of the EQE and the EQS saloons, uh, the doors are framed. They've got flash handles for aero reasons. And the SUV has uh, running boards as well, which actually play a bit of an aero part. They're not a hindrance. But uh, that's interesting because this... Obviously, SUV popularity in EV World, which is understandable because the batteries take up a chunk of room, so it's easier to make a taller vehicle. You often have to step up into some EVs, and that can, you know, a running board can certainly help some people that find it a little bit more difficult to get into a higher vehicle. Entry model is the EQS 450, rear-wheel drive, and single motor, going up to the 450+, 450 plus, 450 formatic, all-wheel drive, and the EQS 580 formatic. It's got 536 brake horsepower. haven't got a price on that top one, but yeah, that's expensive. It's got rear wheel steering up to 10 degrees of angle, which gives it the turning circle for this massive car of of a Volkswagen Golf, which is very, very impressive. Yesterday, I told you about Zika, the Chinese brand owned by Geely, and their kind of people carrier, six-seater luxury uh, mover. That's on yesterday's podcast. Go have a listen to that. And today... We can confirm that they will enter the European market in 2023 on a call with journalists. Autoblog says that the CEO of Zika and Geely's president telling uh, auto reporters at a round table yesterday on, uh, sorry, on Tuesday, China time, uh, that Zika has met the standards in Europe and United States as their new brand and that the 001 goes on sale next year. Now, they sold 40,000 of those in China in the first nine months of the year compared to 220,000 Model Ys from Tesla, to give you a, a, you know, just for context of how many they're selling, it's not really a Model Y competitor, even though it's the same price as the Model Y. It's more of an EV fastback or an estate-y kind of car rather than a a lifted SUV. Uh, But that's really interesting. I would have one of these at the drop of a hat. Zika got Geely behind it. The styling looks amazing. The 001 looks brilliant. Now, let's talk a little bit about Tesla, giving a demo of full self-driving beta to the California DMV the regulators, and not wanting critics in that meeting. Let me get into it. An electric today report today says they reluctantly, interesting word, I guess it is, isn't it? Reluctant, gave a demonstration to the DMV. Bloomberg writing, the demo of the system Tesla markets as full self-driving held last week at the Sacramento headquarters of the DMV. According to emails, Bloomberg viewed. Also at the October 26th event were the head of highway patrol deputy secretary with the State Transportation Agency and outside advisors. The head of policy for Tesla, Jennifer Cohen, wrote to the DMV and said, I question whether it's appropriate to include your consultants that have made negative public statements about Tesla. The DMV replied, Our consultants assist us with our ongoing examination of the technology available on California public roads. (laughs) Wow, that is a very clear um. Uh, go and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, no, th- thank you, but no, thank you. I was looking for the polite set of words on that one. That's a very much a hey. Thanks for your email, but uh, do one. So interesting that Tesla are engaging with regulators. Trying to read into what's happening here maybe they've got to, until now. So bearing in mind that US regulation and European regulation very different. US regulation, not like the aerospace industry, which is prove you're safe before we let you fly. The American auto regulation is very much like you do stuff and we'll decide whether it's safe or not. Here in Europe and the EU, it's we'll decide whether you can put that technology on the road first. It's like aerospace over here. And it's very much, an, and European roads are safer. So different ways of doing it, I guess, uh, in terms of, the casualty rate per certain miles. But either way, that's how Tesla have managed to do it so liberally until now. Engaging with regulators is interesting. Elon Musk on the Q3 call talked about how the technology will be ready, but they won't be licensed to use it. It was interesting, a change, a subtle change of using words thereafter since 2016 and earlier saying our cars will drive themselves across the country, you know, next year and then next year. Whether they're trying to head off legal cases from people saying, all right, I've had it. I paid for this years ago, and the car doesn't do it. So I want my money back, or I'm going to sue you. And also regulators tightening, really started tightening the thumbscrews on Tesla now. So it's interesting that they are engaging, but still wriggling a little bit, like the, the, which is the Tesla way to say, look, we don't want our critics in the meeting. If the technology is brilliant and works well, you would want to win over your critics, surely. Or is it a bit like wanting an unbiased jury? In a trial. I see it from both sides. Really interesting to follow. Now, let's talk a little bit about Tesla uh, at the Peterson Automotive Museum. Not the first time they've had an ex- exhibit there, uh, but they have got uh, a new exhibit called Supercharging the Electric Revolution, opening from November 20th to October 22nd next year. Uh, I think there's a Cybertruck. There's the prototype of the Roadster. My God, that was years ago now. And... Uh... <laughs> Um, and I think a Model S Plaid is going to be there as well. So I think if you paid entry to the to the Peterson, you get entry to the Tesla exhibit. If you want to go see a Roadster, uh, which is almost a classic car these days, I joke, I jest. Don't complain in the comments. And and uh, and a, a Cybertruck in person now. Tesla closing their first showroom in China. The OG space is closing down. It was open in 2013 in a mall, and Tesla have shut what they say is their flagship showroom. I think the media are trying to make a bigger deal out of this than it really is. Uh, this is a, a Reuters report saying uh, that Tesla confirmed the closure of the showroom in Beijing's upscale downtown uh, shopping centre Parkview Green on Wednesday to a Reuters reporter. Uh, it located the store to another mall called Raffles City. The showroom was opened in mid mid-October, and is smaller than the original two-floor showroom in Parkview Green. People with knowledge of the matter so the Tesla had shut it down late last week and it's reopening. So that's almost 10 years. Maybe it was a 10-year lease. It was the first store in, in, uh, in Shanghai, um, by the look of it, the first one in China, I should say. And, you know, 10 years ago, things changed. I've only been to one really busy mall store in Miami for Tesla, and it was like the zoo, I couldn't believe it. It was a Saturday. It was a weekend Saturday or Sunday in Miami and people were like all the all the Teslas were there in the mall. All the doors are open. There's kids climbing across them and jumping on the seats and swinging off the handles and the Tesla staff are cool but I'm like I'm not sure this sells too many cars but you know obviously over the years Elon Musk has Prevaricated on their use of public showrooms and stores, uh, but that one closing down—I don't think that's a big deal, do you? Volkswagen with the ID. Four have won uh, the first ever SEMA Award for EV of the year. Uh, that is at the Specialty Equipment Market Association, the SEMA show in Vegas, in Nevada. Uh, they praised the vehicle, the ID. Four, uh, for there being an ideal platform for customization. And a long read for you: Politico website has what an article called "The Gas Stations Hidden." Battle to survive. I'll just read you a couple of paragraphs because it's interesting to look at. Uh, the convenience store industry made $428 billion last year selling fuel. Corporate utilities made the same selling electricity, $424 billion. But the electric vehicle will inexorably tilt the playing field in the utility's favor, writes Politico. That's because with the onset of the EV, uh, the dominant fuel will become electricity and the utility controls it all well the article goes on to talk about how utilities are monopolies how they've got an inbuilt advantage how nobody else can sell electricity apart from utilities and convenience store owners fearing that they will have ultimately uh, a very weak hand to play when it comes to refueling evs as we move away from uh, gasoline and to electric Uh, that was out over the weekend i think or friday night on politica i've just caught up with it so uh, a little long read for you to have a look at later And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Our. Patreon partners, couldn't do it without you guys. Our premium partners of the show, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland, and Aloha Charge in Hawaii. Derek Riley's EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK. Octopus Electric Universe, global public charging made simple with one app and one map. Check out MillbrookCottages.co.uk for your five-star luxury cottage break in Devon. And... And Lease Plan Electric Moments, they joined up yesterday as a new sponsor of the show. Uh, They provide all the tools you need and guidance for EV drivers. Thanks for watching and listening today. Have a good one. See you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.